the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you. I want to add my welcome as well to those who are here in person, those joining online. We're glad you're here with us. I want to thank you for continuing to pray for one another. It feels like in this past week especially, our uh, prayer request updates have been frequent. We've had opportunities to lift each other up in prayer, and thank you for doing that. Thank you as well for continuing to pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and for asking God to work powerfully in the midst of that conflict. I want to thank Pastor Chris and Pastor Ali for last week leading us in that time of focused prayer for Ukraine, and to thank Pastor Stacy Gadelia for sharing from her heart and her own experience. Some of you have asked how you might add to your prayers some tangible acts of support as well. So I want to let you know uh, that the Covenant denomination has coordinated relief efforts and connections on the ground in Ukraine, working through Covenant World Relief and Development. And so if you're looking for uh, a reputable, well-managed fund to contribute to in the name uh, not only of God but of our covenant denomination. You can find uh, on the landing page of covchurch.org that story and that opportunity. As we look around us, it, it takes not even a quick glance to see that there's so much brokenness in our world. We see that all is not right and well. It's at times painfully obvious. And sitting with this harsh truth and even raising our voices in lament about it and over it is part of what Lent is all about. On this first Sunday in this season of Lent, this time when we're invited to follow Jesus on his journey to the cross, we remember that Lent is a time when the church for centuries has been invited to reflect on the frailty, the fragility, of our humanity. It's a time when everyone is encouraged to repent, to turn to God, to come to him seeking forgiveness and wholeness. It's a season we're reminded to pay attention to those areas in our life that that we've been neglecting, that we've been ignoring, maybe even rejecting or even sabotaging ourselves. Our creative arts team for this season has put together this wonderful uh, chapel space that is for us a tangible picture and reminder of the cost of neglect in our spiritual lives. What was once beautiful and sacred can fall into ruin. When maintenance is overlooked or disregarded, gravity and aging take their toll. Our spiritual lives cannot thrive in a climate of neglect. This is the reminder of Lent. But thanks be to God, we worship a God who is very much in the business of restoring us and who is a master in the art of restoration. During this journey together through the season of Lent, this will be our theme. Each week we'll consider one facet, one aspect of our spiritual lives that perhaps has drifted into some level of neglect over the past year or so. 
Each week we'll look to God's word, we'll ask God for his spirit to be at work in us, doing that restorative work that only he can do. Each week some element of renewal within this chapel space will remind us of the power and beauty of restoration. And I'm thankful that over the next several weeks you'll have an opportunity, we'll have an opportunity to hear from each of our pastors as this series unfolds. This morning, we recognize that at times, our own spiritual lives, because of our neglect, have fallen into total disrepair. They need restoration. Total restoration involves more than just a touch-up or, or a makeover. This isn't just an issue of surface cosmetics. I think of the more extreme cases of automobile restoration that I've seen over the years. When we see something like this, and we see a, a rusted hulk transformed into a thing of gleaming beauty, we might even wonder, well, is that even the same car? Like, can you really even consider that the same vehicle? And we're reminded of what we saw in the writings of the Apostle Paul last week when he wrote to the church in Corinth, if anyone is, a new, is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Something amazing and beautiful happens when we become the very artwork of God, when his restorative power fully has its way in our lives. In John chapter 15, Jesus explains to his friends how they can get connected and stay connected to exactly that kind of life-transforming, life-restoring power. Let me read for us John 15, verses 1 through 8. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes or cleans so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Other translations say, abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus spoke these words to his friends on the night when he was betrayed into the hands of those who were seeking his life, seeking to end his message and ministry. This was the night before Jesus went to the cross, to die on the cross, to pay the price and to open the door that we might be forgiven of our sins. This was the night he gathered around a table with his friends, shared a meal with them, shared a cup and bread. When Jesus spoke these words to his friends, he had just washed their feet. 
in humility, he had taken on the task of the lowest servant and washed the feet of his disciples. And he told them, I'm doing this for you because I love you and because I set an example for you that you should also do this for each other. And Jesus said, my love for you is actually going to compel me to a place of even greater service and sacrifice. And I will go and prepare a place for you, but I will come back. And in the meantime, you need to remain in me. You need to abide in me. Abide can be defined as to continue in a place or to remain stable or fixed in a certain state. And as I listen to the words of Jesus in John 15, I'm, I'm convinced that he uses this word remain and abide in both senses, in both senses of the word. Jesus was referring to both the location and the condition of his disciples as he gave them this teaching. Abide means to continue in a place, and it's clear that Jesus intends for that place, for all of his followers, to be right at his side. Now, even though Jesus was physically present with his friends as he taught them that night around the table, he knew he wouldn't be for long. He knew he was going to another place. He knew that beginning the very next day and until he came again, all of his disciples, including those of us who have chosen to follow him, would need to abide in him, remain in him in a way that somehow transcends physical proximity. And we're reminded that we can choose to adopt the attitude of a woman named Mary, who we learn in the Gospels sat at the feet of Jesus, hanging on his every word. We can seek nearness to Jesus, proximity to Jesus, the word of God made flesh, by staying close to God through his word to us, the Bible, the scriptures. We can draw near to Jesus as we come into proximity with our neighbors, as we serve them humbly, as we see the face of Christ in their every face. Especially in this season of Lent, we're invited to fix our intention on staying close to our Savior. And we can abide in Jesus by remaining stable or fixed in a certain state. And this is where Jesus' metaphor of the vine and the branches comes into sharpest focus. Because the branches, we know, are, are physically close to the vine, but there's so much more going on in a vineyard. We see that this proximity between the branches and the vine only hints at what's really going on. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing because the very life source of the branch is flowing from the vine through the branches into the stems and into the fruit. This fixed certain state of a branch connected to a vine is one of utter dependence. It's a state of health, growth, and flourishing that's achieved only because the stuff of life has an unhindered uh, flow, conduit from the vine into the branches. The liquid, the nutrients. Jesus is telling his friends they need to remain, they need to abide in a continual state of utter dependence on him, looking to him and him alone for absolutely everything they need for their sustenance, for their strength, for guidance, for wisdom, for joy. 
And Jesus makes it clear in this teaching, in this metaphor, that, it, that it's an all or nothing proposition. He says, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, you're going to bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. It's all or nothing. He says, either you're going to bear a lot of fruit because you're connected to me, you're abiding in me, or you will accomplish nothing. And he says it's our abiding in him, our intimate connection with him, our active reliance on him that will make the difference. In some ways, this season of Lent really isn't different than any other block of time on the calendar, any other period of about six weeks. Any time during the year we could work on our habits, making or breaking them. We could make decisions about priorities in our lives. We could turn to different places to find strength, renewal, and guidance. What's special about this season of Lent is that we're invited to be particularly intentional about all of these things. Lent also invites us to take some unrushed time for introspection and self-evaluation, to not just shake our heads at the brokenness we see in the world around us, but to actually summon up the courage to look inside us and encounter the brokenness there as well. This morning, we're invited once again to come to the table of our Lord and Savior. Every time we draw near to this table, we are reminded of that night when Jesus shared the bread and the cup with his disciples, the night he taught them about the vine and the branches, the night he told them he'd soon be leaving them, but somehow they would need to stay close to him, to abide in him. And every time we come to the table, we see with delight that we are not alone. We see that as we draw near, we also draw closer to our brothers and sisters, our fellow branches, distinct from us, yet also connected to that one true vine, Christ himself. We are the body of Christ and the branches of the vine. And we recognize that we can do nothing apart from our connection to the vine, and we can do very little on our own. One single stem doesn't bear a big harvest. This season of Lent reminds us that coming to the table in a time of communion can't be the only time we find ourselves communing with our Savior, with our teacher, with our Lord. We can't expect to be nourished here by the body and the blood of Christ and then go out of this place and attach our branches to some other vine and expect that we can continue to be nourished in a way that is fruitful. Lent invites us to abide in Christ alone, to develop habits and rhythms that cultivate this kind of life that keeps us clinging closely to the vine. It invites us to take time to sit in the discomfort of our brokenness. And rather than shy away from those uncomfortable thoughts out of pain or guilt or out of an overwhelming sense of the amount of work it's going to take for our lives to be fully restored, we lean in to our connection to the vine. And we take time in this season to see how are we doing when it comes to that connection to our abiding in Christ to ask, what's our connection to the vine these days? Are there any ways that, that our connection has become frayed or, or frail? 
Are there interruptions in the flow between what God longs to pour into us, pump into our lives through that vine and the, the branches and stems of our lives? As you reflect on your life, where have you positioned yourself lately? Have you found yourselves at the feet of Jesus, listening to his every word, or have you drifted off and maybe sought guidance somewhere else? What's the state of your reliance on Christ? Do you find yourself relying on him, turning to him alone for strength, for renewal? Or have you sensed that there are other, other runners or tendrils that you have shot out to try to find safety and sustenance from other sources? Maybe you have an even unconscious fear that Christ alone somehow won't be enough. Maybe there are unexamined or unchecked desires in your life. Maybe out of negligence, there are just simply stems that have grown up that need to be cut off and tossed. During the weeks of this season of Lent, we're going to be looking at areas of our life that may have suffered from neglect and rejection. And as we're honest with God and honest with ourselves, we can trust that the God who loves us will be at work in us. He'll do good work. It won't necessarily be easy. It won't necessarily be quick, but it will be worth it. When you think about somebody who's trailering home one of those wrecks of a car that we saw in the pictures, the only reason that would make any sense for them to actually bring that wreck home is that they have a picture in mind of a different future for that car. They can actually picture the beauty of a full restoration. And they know it won't be easy. They know it'll be time-consuming and costly. But as they load that car into a trailer, that represents their decision that it's worth it. Friends, focusing on the state of our souls and submitting ourselves to the restorative work of God in our lives is so worth it. God has a picture in mind of a beautiful future, and he invites us to catch that vision along with him. It won't be quick or easy, but it will be so worth it. And so as we come face to face with the brokenness in our own lives, the invitation of Lent is to be honest about it. And rather than being defeated by it, to hear in that brokenness God's invitation to surrender, to say, God, have your way in me. Work in me. Make me more like your son, Jesus, the one who calls us to abide in him. The thing about a vine is that it doesn't give life to the branches that are worthy or special. The vine gives life to every branch that's connected. Please join me in prayer. Jesus Christ, our Savior and true vine, would you forgive us for ways and times that we've become disconnected from you? For times when instead of remaining in you and abiding in you, we've centered our lives on someone else or something else. Savior, we confess that often that someone else has been we ourselves. We've tried somehow to get our strength and our guidance from within instead of from you. 
God, in the season of Lent, would you guide us through the kind of stem checks that will show us where we've connected ourselves. Prune us and clean us so that nothing comes between us and your life-giving, life-transforming power. And by your grace, would you make us fruitful for the good of our neighbors, for our own joy, and for your glory. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.